This train is inbound. From Sector C. My crime is that of outsmarting you. If you have not yet submitted your identity to the retinal clearance system, communications interface online. You're not dealing with AT&T. Automatic medical systems engaged. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Defensive weapon selection system activated. Have a very safe day. From San Diego, California, I'm Drake Anubis. And from rainy Florida, I'm uh, Enigma. Is it raining there, really? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it was raining earlier. I don't know. I haven't been outside today. Oh, so it's not raining now. So what you meant is from, from the place where it sometimes rains. How about from the place where it was raining earlier? Oh, okay. That's better. Yeah, I was, I'm still stuck inside playing uh, StarCraft Two today, so... You still play StarCraft? I play StarCraft 2. It just came out. They made a, they made a new one? Yeah, it's StarCraft 2. It's sweet. StarCraft 2. Is it any fun? Is it good? you like it? Yeah, I like it. If you like RTSs, it's, it, it's very good. If you don't, eh. You know, my problem with StarCraft is that you get these guys who, like, all they do is play StarCraft, and they have this routine down where it's, like, you know, build orders and such where you just can't beat them because they're just so fast, and they know exactly what to do, and it's like a, it's like a giant logic flow chart. Yep. And it's just not fun. Yeah, well, if you're good at it, it's it's great fun. If you're not, I'm not good it's at it. not uh, so much. But yeah, I was playing the single player today, which uh, probably get hate mail for since you know everybody plays there's multiplayer. A, there's a single player version yeah. in Starcraft. I didn't even know it was yes, there. Yes, there is a campaign mode. I use it to learn the learn the class because otherwise I'll get wiped in uh, Battle.net seriously hard. <laughs> Oh man, you know a game I got sucked into for like three weeks that always reminds me of StarCraft is a Civilization, the multiplayer mm-hmm. online version. Because yep. the games last for like four hours. Yeah, the games are so, really, really long. So you play three games and now all of a sudden it's Wednesday and you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah, exactly. I've been playing the multiplayer since uh, about four o'clock. Haven't been to work in three days. <laughs> just just got off uh, before we were recording the show, so... Got a bunch of those messages from, like, Bill Lumberg, like, hey, sorry you didn't come in. Beep. Next message. <laughs> it's not a half day or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who are too young to know the uh, reference, it's Office Space. No, no, no. Everyone gets the Office Space reference. There's there's no age limit on Office no, Space. No, there is, you know, that no, has it's a, been it, a while ago. It's not like, um, yeah, but it's such a great movie. It's a, it's a, it's a it classic, is. especially in the IT space. It is, it is. But some of our listeners may not be in the IT space. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about web cracking tonight. I hope ever, all of our listeners are re- remotely in the IT space. Yeah, but there's some that are just like Linux hobbyists that don't actually work That's in it. field. Well yeah, well, yeah, but I said I was in the IT space before I was even old enough to have a job, per se. Yeah, that's true. You were like 14 when I met you, so... In the IT space. Yeah, what are we talking about? The IT space. Wow. The IT field. Okay. So what have you been up to, Greg? (laughs) IT in space. Um, Not much, actually. I've been working on such, and mainly just uh, I made the new comment system for the the show site and uh, prepared stuff for tonight. Sounds like a blast. Mostly fact-checking, but I thought we would talk about web cracking tonight. How do you feel about that? 
I'm okay with that. Good, because if you're not okay with it, we'd have a serious problem, because that's all I prepared for. Okay, all right. So so go on with your web cracking. Well, I should say that I'm not going to go into how-to, because I've heard podcasts where someone like reads off a sheet like, oh, okay, you want to type in uh, air snort, flag S, uh, flag W, flag 4. You know, I'm not going to do that. I want to go into uh, why it's possible, not how it's possible, because you can look up a tutorial online and such. So, so kind of like uh, concepts versus the actual practice. Sure. And I thought this is actually really interesting, and mostly because I know a lot about this and only had to look up dates and facts. So it's very easy for me. I just have a back of an envelope here. But um, let's uh, knock out the basics. Uh, WEP is just a wireless security standard. When you set a password on your wireless network and it asks you, do you want to use WEP, WPA, WPA2, appreciate key, blah, blah, blah. Those are all wireless standards. And of course, what is WEP? What does WEP stand for? WEP stands for, uh, you know, a lot of people will tell you that it's um, uh, wireless encryption protocol, and it's not. It's actually wired equivalent privacy, because when WEP came out in 1997, they were so confident that it was going to work so great that they said that the pri- the privacy provided by WEP was comparable to that of a traditional wired network, which is an absurd thing to say, but that's what they said. The problem, like most of you probably know, is that WEP is horribly insecure because it's very easily defeated. And because of the way it's designed, it's possible to figure out what password was used for a given network. And uh, because we're doing cryptographic stuff, that's called cracking. So uh, WEP is insecure because it's you can crack WEP. That's what we're going for. Mm-hmm. So um, I just... Very briefly, I'll go over the rise and fall of WEP. It was introduced in 1997. We went over... Um, why they call it WEP. Uh, in 2001, researchers at Berkeley and, and a consulting firm published a very famous paper, which formed the basis of the attack that's known today. Uh, and then within a few months after that, the IEEE, um, which is the, I want to say the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know that one. Yeah, well, you've heard the, the IEEE yeah. moniker before, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's, yep. it's branded on, like, Firewire and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, they established a task force to solve the problem, and in just three years, they came out with a new standard uh, for WPA, uh, which just stands for, actually, Wi-Fi Protected Access. It's, it's almost a recursive acronym, like a, like WINE is. Um, but the uh, after that, WPA2 was officially released, and it was declared that WEP had been depreciated because it failed to meet its security goal of being equivalent to that of a wired network. Which, again, is absurd because... I just think it's hilarious. That's like saying that... Uh, I don't even know what that's like saying. It's just really dumb. Yeah, but, because because you can never be as secure as a wired network because of the whole nature of no wire. Yeah, of sending your data through, of broadcasting your data through the air has some inherent security problems with it. Yes, it does. But uh, so, what is web exactly? Right, like if you had a magic web box and data was flowing into one side and nonsense was coming out, how is it creating that nonsense? And furthermore, if you spun the magic web box around and nonsense flowed in and data came out, how did it uh, reassemble that meaningless data uh, into usable data? Well. That's what I'm hoping to explain tonight, and it gets extremely technical. So if you know the basics, just stand by, and hopefully you'll get served later in the evening. If not, then, well, you can bite me, because this is all I know. <laughs> but um, the, uh, ins- the main part of WEP is uh, something called a stream cipher. And when your data goes in, it uh, gets manipulated by the stream cipher, which makes your data unreadable. That's the, that's the confidentiality part. 
And the best way I thought of to describe a stream cipher was it's kind of like shoving a potato through a French fry cutter. Data goes and in one just side. Just to interrupt you for a second. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's cool that you uh, put my uh, confidentiality term in your little thing there. Even if you didn't mean to. From last week. <laughs> You're such a bitch sometimes. I am. Uh, so continue. You know, I got an email from... Uh, now, I'm going to mention this now, even though we're going we're gonna to talk about feedback later. But uh, what, what's his name? Diablo Mark... Was it Diablo Marcus who made fun of you? Someone made fun of you for getting your facts wrong about the retina scanning thing, specifically related to pregnancy. He didn't and get my fact. He didn't make fun of me getting my facts he wrong. He said you were dumb, that you were ill-prepared. He did not. He did not. <laughs> You forwarded me that message that you did I, not I, say I, that. I gotta start rewriting those emails before I forward them to you. Yes, you do. Anyway, Drake continue. Is so great. Um, yeah, so I, I like to describe the stream cipher as a French fry cutter. You just shove a bunch of stuff into one side, and it cuts it up into these neat little cryptographically secure French fries. And uh, I suppose if you want to follow the uh, uh, French fry cutter example, uh, if you spin the stream uh, the stream cipher around and put the French fries back in, it will reassemble back into a potato. That's essentially what the cipher is doing. Now, when you give your wireless network a password, what you're really doing is you're kind of setting the the dial on the cutter to a certain number, and only machines that are dialed into that number can correctly cut and reassemble your data potato. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So uh, a, a practical example would be, let's say your laptop and your router both support WEP, and this was, you know, five years ago and WEP was cool. Actually, more like seven. Um, so they both had the Magic Stream Cypher potato cutter machine. And when your router sends a web page to your laptop, it pushes the page through the Stream Cypher, which creates the neat little nonsensical chunks. The chunks are transmitted as data packets, arrive at the laptop, and your laptop reassembles them uh, using the Stream Cypher, and the web page pops out the other side. So. And it's kind of like um, the equivalent of having a private public key pair. It's very, uh, it's very much like that. It's just it's it's basic cryptography for that matter. So if you understand right. cryptography, you're probably bored out of your mind. But just yes. stay with me, I promise. Uh, unless, of course, you understand the RC four cipher, in which case you can just stop now. But um, the, the important thing to note is that, um, as we briefly touched earlier, is that your wireless router pushes data out in all directions. When it's when you're 20 feet to the left, it will send data to the left and the right when it's broadcasting something. So it's a radius, not a straight line of sight. I've actually met people who don't understand that, which kind of confused me. Like, how do you think the data is working? Like, is it going through your house and turning corners? What is wrong with you? But no, it's a <laughs> radius thing. Uh, and anyone in the radius can actually pick up what you're doing. Now, usually what happens is that um, if you have like just you know your neighbor's laptop or whatever, uh, it's made to ignore any packets coming from access points it's not associated with. But you can put your wireless card into a mode called monitor mode. I'm not going to go into wireless modes, but there's like three or four of them depending on who makes your card, five in some cases. And um, what monitor mode does is it just it records everything that it can hear, uh, regardless of whether or not it's addressed to that particular laptop. So it's this is called running a sniffer when you have your card in monitor mode and you're recording things. Or, and it's also referred to as a capture pack. It's basically you're just capturing all packets without discrimination. And that's how, uh, like, Kismet and Wireshark and all of those... Yeah, uh, well, fact, Kismet, Kismet, I'm sorry, not Wireshark, uh, NetStumbler was the... What I was looking for. You know, I'm not entirely certain how NetStumbler works because with Kismet, and you put your card in monitor mode, it will disassociate from uh, whatever access point you're on. NetStumbler does it without disassociating from whatever you're connected to, usually, I think. 
Mm, I haven't used it in a while. It's yeah, very noisy. You know what always bugged me? There's a book uh, by Daniel. There's two books, actually. But there's one book by Daniel Suarez called Demon, which is a great book to read. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's, it's a hacker book. For, um, it's oh, unnecessarily technical, but it's a very fun read. And everyone in the book uses NetStumbler, and I have never really met a hacker who uses NetStumbler unless, for whatever reason, they don't have Linux installed. Well, actually... Um uh, Stank, when he did his uh, wireless thing for the Discovery Channel, he um, used uh, NetStumbler and Kismet. Just so. Uh, uh, I don't like NetStumbler. I don't either, because um, one thing with NetStumbler is very noisy, and I think it does attach to the um, access point, or it hits the access point. Um, the Kismet does it passively. So NetStumbler is very noisy when it comes to logs and things. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have to look into that. But anyway, point being that it's possible to record data packets just flying through the air. And the idea behind WEP is that because your neighbor doesn't have your password, he can't actually unscramble the packets that he's receiving. So theoretically, it's harmless for him to receive them because he can't uh, decrypt them. So, right. and, and it's important to note that if he was able to decrypt them and he had your WEP key and could get on your network... It's not like you could just. It's not just about stealing your bandwidth. There are all kinds of fun things to do once you're on a wireless network that doesn't belong to you. It's almost like a rhyme for a reason. Like, yeah. uh, there's a bunch of these like little proof of concept applications. But one of my favorite ones, like, God, I can't think of the name of it. It's like a little Perl script. But it, it you, uh, you, it's essentially a man in the middle attack where you go between the uh, your target machine and the router, and it will intercept all web traffic, take all the images, flip them like horizontally, do like an image transformation, and then send them along. So whenever you're browsing the web, all your images are upside down. You can do that with uh, EtherCAT filters too. Uh, Iron Geek's got a. Um Oh really? Uh, uh, tutorial on it. Yeah, he did it for one of his talks. Oh man, you know what he doesn't ago. have? He doesn't have a button for the site on his site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> off me. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> oh, um, another cool application, just to get into your your cool applications on a wireless network that isn't yours. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a program called Driftnet, and mm, it's just yeah. it's. Do you know what it is? Yeah. In fact, I'm. I know about it because you were talking about it once, and I can't remember where. Yeah, and uh, basically, for those who don't know, it's a application that looks for just pictures, just JPEG images. I think it does more than that, but just images. And it will display them to the screen, and you can also get it to log them, save them. But um, I oh, have this a... was your thesis or something, wasn't it? No, um, I used it actually at the, um, the correctional facility I used to work at um, for... Uh, monitoring, uh, we worked, I worked at a juvenile facility, and we had to log, you know, internet traffic, and I used it just to see what they were browsing, um, because we had youth that would, you know, go out to the internet and uh, surf porn, and um, yeah, I had some interesting images, but I digress. Did you do filtering or just monitoring? I did filtering. I actually, on the student network, we had a student network and a, um, and a uh, staff network. On the student network, we did um, whitelisting, where they only could go to, I think it was like 200 sites. Only the approved um, porn sites? That were only, well, <laughs> the stupid firewall would um, allowed us to only, I'm going way off topic, but the stupid firewall would only allow us to domain filter. So basically, 
I could limit it to the domain and like for example CNN.com is you know harmless right what do you think is linked to CNN.com that could be potentially bad for you know young boys um off the top of my head I'm not sure where you're going with this sportsillustrated.cnn.com oh that's more specific more specifically the swimsuit issues oh I that hope we never have on- kids that were up on every single. Well, I walk into a. a um, I'm surprised not into some a classroom. Catholic village. Uh, no, I walk. I walk into a, a classroom, right, and I see everybody's desktop background is a swimsuit model, oh, and I'm okay, like, yeah, "This actually, yeah, this that is, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, this is going away." And then I limited their uh, their background. They couldn't change their background anymore. That's just it went obnoxious. To People will take like the thumbnail and then stretch it to fit the weird aspect ratio of the monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I hate the. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, going so, yes, back here. Yeah, we've established that you don't want other people on your network because that's bad. So it's not just about stealing yes. bandwidth. But um, that's hardly the point because no one uses web anymore. It's just uh, never mind. But you'd be surprised how many web, how many people use web. Oh, I I wouldn't call it surprised. I'd call it disappointed. Well, you gotta you gotta realize that you know web is good enough for. In my opinion, WEP is good enough for um, home use. That's like, a deterrent? Like just to stop your stupid yes. neighbor from getting in? Yeah, that's it's reasonable. Basically, basically, it's, you know, locking the door on your way, you know, in. Yeah. To your uh, apartment. Like, if you have an apartment complex, you should probably use WEP versus nothing. But Yeah. And it, it's keeping honest people honest. Because if you're going to go as far, because if you're going to go as far as to break a web key, you a know what the hell you're doing, yeah, and b you're attempting to do something probably bad. (laughs) I love Um, those like keeping honest people honest phrases. Like my favorite phrase is um trust but verify. Well, it's like you know uh, you know port scanning is just like knocking on the door. Doesn't mean I'm going to go through the door. It just means I'm checking the lock. Yeah, but the, the web uh, cracking is more like you know duplicating a key to your house. I'm not going to use it. I just wanted to have a key to your house. <laughs> or busting down the you know, or picking the lock on the on the door. Yes. I well, just wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> you know, I've actually done that before, and that would have been my defense too. But actually, you know, oh, my, de- my defense for any like a. Uh, place you shouldn't be and this is always good especially if you're at a theme park or something um because theme parks most people don't know but theme parks have these massive underground tunnels where all the machinery is and you can like wander around if you just say you're looking for the bathroom no one ever says anything to you if you say like i got lost or i'm looking for a friend or i just wanted to explore you'll be like arrested by park security but if you just say i'm looking for the bathroom they go oh yeah it's that way Hmm. it's it's amazing it's like the world's greatest cop i'm convinced that you could like break into the you know oval office and just say you're looking for the bathroom and they'd be like oh yeah it's over there yeah, I don't think you're going to get away with that. But continue know. with your continue with your little uh, web discussion. Okay, so to understand why this is possible, and this is where it starts to get fun and technical, is you have to understand what a stream cipher is and what it's actually doing. So um, if you don't... Mm-hmm. Okay, I must explain this. Um, I, I, the stream cipher scrambles data uh, using a password that you set, and the way it incorporates that password... Is interesting. Um, let's let's work with a more basic example. Let's talk about like ROT13, for example. ROT13 is a, a very trivial encryption. It stands for Rotate by 13. It's the basic idea behind like Dakota rings. You know, uh, 
um, kids in like elementary school who, don't, who can't even spell cryptography will send Route 13 messages to each other because it's kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I once heard it described as being like the internet equivalent of, of a magazine that prints the answer upside down. It's just kind of a little thing, but um, uh, I lost my place. Oh, Route 13 is where you shift the letters in the alphabet by a given number of places. So, um, what are you doing over there? What? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Sorry, you can cut that out. It's just uh, okay. My fault. Man. Not a problem. I'm just curious what that noise is. Route 13 is when you shift the letters in the alphabet by a place. So, like, Route 1, for example, would make A equal B, B equal C, C equal D, and so on. Uh, Route 13 is, is special because the alphabet has 26 letters, and to shift by 13 can encode and decode the same message. If you move A 13 places, it becomes N, and if you move N 13 places, it becomes A. Uh, in the cryptographic world, this is actually called a cipher that is its own inverse. Um, that doesn't usually happen. You don't usually have the exact same cipher encrypting it. Well, I should probably check that statement. But at any point, uh, raw 13, the 13 is what we call a key. Because everyone can know how to do the rotation, the actual algorithm. But unless you have the number 13, you don't know how many number- letters to rotate by, and the message is still unreadable. So uh, a key is synonymous with a password when you're talking about cryptography in most cases. Um, uh, of course, with raw 13, you could easily guess the code, but... The idea is that good encryption algorithms are sufficiently complex that guessing the key is not impossible, but impractical, uh, or it would require an unobtainable amount of computing power. Um, like, for example, uh, Route 13 requires two digits uh, for... It, I mean, the maximum key is two digits. It can be number 13 or any 1 through 26, I suppose. Um, but a good encryption uh, methodology has like 256 characters, 512 characters. If you ever hear that something is AES 256-bit encrypted, what they're saying is that it's using AES and the key is 256 bytes long. So the important takeaway is that the strength of encryption comes from both the method and the key length. So if you have something great like AES, but it's only one key, uh, one bit long, um, it becomes very possible to guess what the key actually was. You only have so many combinations. So the interesting problem that Web has, and the reason that they thought it was so secure, was because Web uses a really great stream cipher called called RC4. It's the same encryption algorithm used by SSL, which protects you know online banking and such. And SSL is has been very resilient to attacks. There are some things you can do, but for the most part, it's it's still a standard for a reason. Uh, but yeah, it, and the only way you can really well, I won't say the only way you can break SSL, but the only practical way you can do it is um, do a man in the middle where you're intercepting both ends of the communication. Yeah, and then the browser lights up and says that everything's red, but I think most people will actually still ignore that. I think there are some studies saying that even when you do a man in the middle, like 90% of people still continue to the site anyway. Right. So, And there were there are... Now, you can... Uh, get around that kind of stuff like there there was a bunch of uh, uh cross uh cross site scripting things and a bunch of other things like that but that doesn't attack SSL directly that attacks the things around SSL so SSL or RC4 I should say is very very strong but the reason that web is so bad is because it implements RC4 in a very bad way now here's where things get really technical so bear with me uh RC4 is a stream cipher as opposed to a block cipher which means that it's encrypting data on the fly. A block cipher, you'll take one chunk of text, like an email, uh, do one thing to it, like fire it once, and it's encrypted. 
A stream cipher encrypts every bit that passes through it individually, and a different transformation is performed on every bit. And now it gets really technical. If uh, The way it determines what transformation it's going to uh, det- uh, perform is by using what's called a key stream. It's, it's kind of like a key, like a password, but it's a stream of password, so to speak. Uh, let's go back to the hypothetical like ROT13 example. If you had a ROT13 stream cipher and your key was like 123, uh, it would encrypt the first letter by uh, shifting one place, the second by shifting two places, and the third by shifting three places. And likewise, if the key, strifer was, uh, the key stream was uh, like 333, three, three, the first letter would be moved by three places, the second by three, the third by three, and so on. So as the stream, the stream flows in with the bits and the operation is performed depending on the stream. Now, for RC4 to be secure, it needs a long, well, it needs an unlimited, non-repeating keystream. If you ever reuse a section of the keystream, it's possible to take the encrypted data and perform what are called XOR transformations on it and end up with the unencrypted data and calculate the string. So you have to have unique, non-repeating keystreams for RC4 to be effective. Interestingly enough, you don't have to enter a infinitely long non-repeating value when you set the password to your wireless network. It's usually just like the name of your dog, Wolfie, or something. And that's hardly an infinitely long non-repeating keystream. But we can do something to make your dog, Wolfie, into a non-repeating keystream by uh, adding in what are called initializing vectors. And you hear a lot about IVs when it comes to cracking weapon, when it comes to cracking wireless in general. IVs are these uh, ideally unique blocks of bits that get mixed with your password, and the result is given to the keystream. And then the IV is incremented, mixed again, given back to the keystream. So the keystream is generated by segments of your password mixed with an IV. And theoretically, oops, knocking the mic. And theoretically, because the IV is always changing, the password given to the keystream is always changing. It's non-repeating. Boom, problem solved. So. Not so much in web. <laughs> well, as far as we know, RC4 can't be broken as long as it has a non-repeating keystream. And as far as we're concerned, web is the security equivalent of being on a wired network, unless, well, no. I suppose unless you ever had a duplicate IV, but... But you would never have that. They would never be so... No, 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 because a duplicate IV would mean that a duplicate result combination was given to the keystream, and any repetition of the keystream, as we know, is a catastrophic failure of security. But as long as the IVs are long enough, that won't happen, because you won't have repetition. Of course, the downfall of web is that the IV is actually not long enough, and this does happen, and it happens a lot. You see, WEP has uh, it uses what's called a 24-bit IV, so the IV is 24 characters long. And you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's really long. How many packets are you possibly sending? Well, you have to have a different IV for every packet, practically. And on a busy network, like if you're downloading a file, 700 packets are sent per second, and each packet needs its own unique IV, practically. So just after 5,000 packets, after 7 seconds, there's a 50% probability that an IV will be reused. And uh, worse than that, after 40,000 packets, there's a 50% chance that you can calculate the web key because you have collected enough duplicate IVs. Uh, 20,000 more packets, you have an 80% chance. 25,000 more than that, and you have a 95% chance. So in less than a minute on a busy network, you can have enough weak IVs to calculate the web key. And that's really bad for web. It doesn't even take more than a minute to figure out. And the actual calculation, by the way, happens in like three or two seconds. It's a very fast calculation. The time comes from collecting the actual weak IVs. Right. And um, the only caveat worth mentioning is that you have to have a busy network. What if the network's not busy? Well, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> 
you can actually make the network more busy. What happens is um, when you're uh, connecting to a network and your laptop asks for an IP address, it does what's called an ARP request, and it asks for uh, routing information, essentially. So what you can do is you can... And pop quiz. What does ARP stand for? Address Resolution Protocol. You got it. Yeah, bam. Take a drink. Hold on. <laughs> you can send, a, without even being associated with the router, you can send a client a disassociation message, message and knock it off of the uh, network. It will, of course, try and reauthenticate and reassociate. And when it does so, you can grab whatever it's sending. You're not entirely certain what it's sending, but that doesn't matter. You can grab it and replay it back. And every time you play it back, the router will respond, and it will respond with an encrypted ma- a packet. And that's a legitimate encrypted packet. In fact, we only need 40,000 more, and we can break web. And you can just send an unlimited avalanche of these ARP replies, and the router just goes like a, like a freaking fire hose, like a of ARP replies. And the router just goes, oh my god! As if now some routers are smart, and uh, or some routers allow you to configure how many ARP replies are sent per second, but still, and then you only have to wait a couple minutes, but... The bottom line is that the web can be broken because the IVs are not long enough, which leads to a reputation in the key stream, which means that RC4 fails because you can take the end results and XOR them and get the web key. There you go. So I'm hoping that anyone who thought that was too basic uh, is now thoroughly put in their place. Thoroughly? Mm-hmm. And that's a DOF attack, by the way, just in case someone wanted to research that. Um, would it be considered? Oh, oh, D- I think it's a DDoS. I'm like, I don't think it's DDoS. 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 Yes, that's definitely DDoS attack, which is valuable in many, many protocols. You'd be surprised. Yes, you would be. But um, I think we should give some shout outs to people who left us great feedback. I would agree. D- I know you have something so, prepared. Yeah, for the for the uh, gentleman, I hold on one second. Let me get his name right. You did not forget Diablo um, Marcus's name, did you? Diablo Marcus. Yes. Um. Anyway. Um, he pointed out that I was incorrect on the retinal versus iris scan. He drew a picture um, of you on one of those hangman nooses. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pointed out that it is the retinal scan that is the um, the one that uh, has the privacy concern with the uh, pregnancy in women. Yeah. And he gave a... What? what was that? I was going to say that I looked into this issue and I could not find a single um, credible mention of uh, this eye scanning technology determining if you're pregnant or not. I could find things of pregnancy damaging uh, its ability to read, but not that it can determine if you're pregnant. Hmm. Maybe he didn't give me that. But you know, he anyway. sent you a link to the Wikipedia article, but it didn't say that it could determine yeah, it pregnancy. Say. It just said it could yeah, be it distorted. Hmm. Interesting. Which is right, why well, he drew that picture of you that said liar, liar, and had little stink lines coming off of you. Any, anyway, <laughs> I will research that more, but thanks for the link anyway. And um, he's uh, and he says we're amazingly more informative than Security Now. Setting the bar high. Yeah, we're setting the bar high right above Security Now. Um, NY Bill sent us a nice message saying that he, uh, that he loves our show and that he listens to it on the way to work. And that's great, except that he, he drives 20 hours a week. So I don't know if he listens to us just to fill time or if uh, he really enjoyed the <laughs> show. But uh, he was a nice guy. I talked to him back and forth. He sent me this great list of podcasts, too. That was really useful. Good, good. And good. we should mention Clatu's site, too. Clatu has a podcast, uh, The Bad Apples. He has, a, he has a podcast? I thought he had, like, 20. Oh, he has the, no, he has the world's first Og cast or something. I hate Og. And he, then, he is... 
He is the uh, the self proclaimed media whore. So just for the record, you know, I have to say, um, I, I was on his site looking at. I'm like, oh man, you only offer things in AUG, really? I'm like, because because it doesn't sync with my iPod, and I'm like, okay, well, fine. And then he has an alternative code. I could go, oh, there's MP3 hiding in the background. No, he has AUG and he has Speaks. And if it wasn't a week prior to finding out about, about his site, I would have like just gone, what the hell is this protocol? But Speaks actually is a really cool codec. But I'm just. I'm just surprised he's encoding a podcast in it. Yes, yes. So I would, I actually had to look it up because I didn't know what it was until I saw it on his site. So it's actually really great. I was considering it for protocols for this show um, because it's it's not bad. But we end up using actually. I think right now we might be using Speaks or Speaks or Cbit, one of the two. Um, and I should say hi to Jake. Jake's really cool. You know, Jake said that he hopes we uh, keep the show up as long as schedule permits. I don't think he understands. How committed we are to the show. How committed are you to this show, Drake? I'm, I'm very committed, as people will find out. But I'm not the one who's <laughs> talking into a Toucan Sam microphone or whatever you have going on over there. <laughs> I am not talking into a Toucan Sam microphone. Whatever, dude. God, I hope the new microphone gets there soon. And so that's all I got for the show. Uh, check out the site, Hack Radio. Oh, we have comments now. Go to the site and look at the comments. I'm talking to you specifically. Yeah, and... And don't go to the Hacker Public Radio site and look at comments because I, I haven't fix fixed it yet. So I have not fixed you that. You said yet. days ago you would fix it. Yeah, well, StarCraft Two got in my in my uh, way. So you know, sorry to the to the people that have to deal with the spam on yeah. Hacker Public Radio. But you went to priority number two. Yeah, go to hackradiolive.com dot or dot org. Either one works, but I like to push the dot org. I think it sounds more official. But no, go look at the. I'm, I'm talking to you specifically. Go look at the comments and look at how great they are. Okay, I will go look at the comments. I haven't been on the site in no, a couple of days. Be on the but site I'll... now. You need to see. I want you to say how great they are oh, on air geez. to encourage. Oh, no, because if you say, "Oh yeah, the comments are so great," no one's going to go. But if you say, "Oh wow, they're actually pretty cool," people will go. They're great, Drake. You haven't Hold seen on. them. Hold on, jeez. No, it took me a while to code. I'm not good with PHP. Super, super quick feedback would be the no, no, one? no, no. Click on the show like you're going to leave a comment. Oh, okay. Because I saw that the yeah, feedback, yeah, the feedback there. I told you was cool. Had new comments. Isn't that cool? Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. It is. <laughs>